When I was out for my run this morning, I crossed paths with three different runners. The first was a man in his 30s who clearly was not out on his first run. His upper body was a little more muscular than maybe a stereotypical runner, and his form was so smooth that it looked like nothing was moving except his legs as he jogged past me. His expression was blank as he stared directly in front of him, but he did manage a quick head tip and a half smile. (laughs) Not a hair was out of place as he glided down the sidewalk. The next runner I passed was a woman I've seen before, but I've never met. She could be 25 or 45, it's hard to tell. She's wearing full-length leggings in the summer, carries her phone in her hand, and does not look up or make eye contact as we pass, and instead stares at the ground. Her torso swishes side to side with every step, and it looks like she's carrying a brick instead of an iPhone. Then, towards the end of my run, I saw a tall man in his 40s wearing long basketball shorts and a dripping wet cotton t-shirt. If the clothes weren't enough to tell me that maybe he's a newer runner, the expression of pain on his face was the next clue. He stomped towards me with his shoulders hunched forward as if he had just heard some very bad news. All four of us were out on a run on a surprisingly cool August morning, minding our own business, but I'm sure we were all having a very different experience. What I love about podcasting, about running, is that I know most of you are listening to me on the run. So how's your run going right now? Which one of those runners are you? Of course, you run unlike anyone else, but wouldn't you prefer to glide effortlessly like the first guy? Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. On today's show, I'm going to get into the details of running form. I'll go over what good running form looks like, what it should feel like, and how to improve yours. And I'll let you in on a little secret. What you do outside of your run will probably help more than what you're doing right now on the run. This is the point where most podcasts put their first ad. I'm planning on keeping this show ad-free for as long as I possibly can to see if this model can work. You can support the show for free by subscribing, rating, reviewing, following, and downloading wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to go to the next level and keep this show listener-supported, I have a donation option at theplantedrunner.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for supporting this work. Now I'd like to talk about classic good running form. This is what the biomechanic researchers will tell you is the most efficient way that the human body can run with the least amount of energy expenditure. Then I'll go over why none of that might actually apply to you. Well, that might not entirely be true, but just take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt and we'll get back to your own running form in just a bit. I can't think of a better way to talk about the ultimate example of excellent running form than to look at the greatest distance runner that has ever run the earth, Iliad Kipchoge. 
The only person to ever have run the marathon faster than two hours, Kipchoge, by definition, should have the very best running form to be able to pull off such an amazing accomplishment. And he does. So let's break that down from the bottom up. Kipchoge uses a midfoot strike. That means that the first part of his foot to touch the ground is the ball of his foot, not his heel, like most recreational runners, or his toes, like a sprinter. A split second later, his entire foot makes contact with the ground before push-off. This sequence allows him to maximize the power of the Achilles tendon and the calf tissues, essentially acting as a stiff rubber band to spring him forward. The next most important factor is where his foot is in relation to the rest of his body when it lands. Kipchoge's ankle lines up almost perfectly below his knee at the point of ground contact. This allows the center of his body mass to be squared up over his foot as he lands, which is a huge biomechanical advantage. Even some elite runners are guilty of overstriding or landing on their foot, usually the heel, before the rest of the body has a chance to catch up. That not only wastes energy because it creates a higher braking force, but that increased force increases the chance of injury. Overstriding, therefore, breaks you and breaks you in both senses of the word. Kipchoge uses a quick cadence when he runs that generally varies little from 180 steps per minute. This cadence has often been hailed as almost a magic number or the gold standard. In contrast, most recreational runners tend to fall in the 160 steps per minute range. Quick feet not only allow you to move more quickly, but it decreases the amount of time you spend on the ground instead of in the air. The less time you are touching the ground, the stiffer your limbs are, which allows a greater springing force. Imagine the difference between a stiff rubber band and a stretched out one. Which one will shoot farther across the room? The other benefit to a high cadence is that you don't have to overstride to reach for a certain pace. There's only two ways to run faster, and that's with quicker steps or longer steps. And as we already know, longer steps are going to be a problem if your body can't catch up in time. Moving up to Kipchoge's torso, we see that he does not hold his torso completely still and stiff. He has a slight counter rotation or a gentle twist with each step. His arms are relaxed, but he doesn't allow his hands to cross over the midline of his torso. This counter-rotation allows the core to engage, to not only balance out the opposing movements of the upper and lower body, but to store and release this rotational energy to help propel him forward. He carries himself with a slight forward lean that creates a near-perfect line from his toe at push-off all the way up to the top of his head. His eyes look forward, never downwards, and his shoulders stay still and in line with his collarbone. This position allows the maximum amount of springing force coming all the way from his toes to be directed forwards instead of upwards. And finally, what Kipchoge does better than anyone else is relax. Despite the fact that this man can run 26.2 miles at an incredible four minutes, 34 seconds per mile pace, Kipchoge always looks like he's out for a gentle Sunday jog. His face is calm or even smiling, even though he's running harder than any other human being who has ever lived.
Now, does this mean that you should change the way you run so you can run like Kipchoge? Maybe, but maybe not. If you can emulate everything I've just described about Kipchoge's form into your own just by me telling you to, yes, I have little doubt you would become a better, more efficient runner. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, or we'd all be running sub two marathons. Consciously trying to change the way you run only works for a short time. If you're running right now, I'm sure you've been consciously trying to run better because I'm in your ears telling you and reminding you. But once this episode is over and you switch to that new true crime podcast or your favorite tunes or take out the headphones and think about what you're having for dinner, you will unconsciously go right back to running the way you've always run. In order to change the way that you run, it will need to move from a conscious effort to an unconscious one. That can be done with short but frequent conscious attempts, running drills, and strength work. Let's start with actively trying to work on your form as you run. Remember, this cannot be done the entire time you are running and can only be done for short periods of time. My favorite way to do this is called the body scan. What you wanna do is mentally scan your body as you run from top to bottom, actively analyzing how you are running and making tiny tweaks. Your face and head should be relaxed, in line with your spine, with your gaze in front of you, never hanging down or looking at the ground. Your shoulders should be gently down and back, not hunching forward. Your upper spine should feel tall and aligned, not rounded forward. Your arms are held gently with about a 90 to 45 degree bend at the elbow and your hands are relaxed. You allow your torso to twist slightly with each step, but your hands do not cross the midline of your body. Your knees aim directly forward and when your foot lands, your body is directly above it. You strike the ground on your midfoot, allowing your heel to kiss the ground before pushing off with your big toe. Your leg extends behind you and is perfectly in line with the rest of your body that's leaning slightly forward. Go through this body scan as many times as you can before your mind drifts somewhere else or set a timer on your watch and do this for one to five minutes during your warm up or another part of your run. The more often you actively practice this, the more it will become a habit that you don't have to think about. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Now, the limitation to this practice is that doing this alone is not enough to make massive changes in your form. Your body is incredibly good at adapting and is actively trying to save energy in everything you do. 
In other words, your body wants to be as efficient at running as you do. So it will find whatever form is necessary to run with less effort without you actively having to think about it. All you have to do is run more often or faster or longer, and over time, you will automatically have the most efficient form for your unique body. But just running alone is not going to allow us to reach our peak potential when it comes to form or anything else. Shaping our bodies through strength, mobility, and drills is what will make our running and our running form better outside of running. A great example of this is your cadence. As I said earlier, many recreational runners run with a far lower cadence than 180 steps per minute. This is actually not a magic number and runners will fall to both sides of this and still have efficient form. But in general, quicker is better. Practicing quick feet drills and running a few 20 second strides after your easy runs can help with that, arguably more than trying to remember to raise your cadence with every run. Let's say your forward lean is lacking or you bend at your waist instead of leaning from your ankles. Practicing leaning drills where you lean forward until you are about to fall and then run out of that can make a big difference. I have a video of that on my Instagram if you'd like to see what that looks like. Strength training will also make a huge difference in your form, like making your core stronger to support your spine and twist rotationally. Jumping drills like jump rope or even hill sprints will increase the power in your legs so that your push-off is more effective. The list goes on and on. And the key thing to remember is not that you should always try to run like Kipchoge, but you can do the things that will help your body be able to run at your most efficient form like he does. Remember earlier that I asked you to take all of this with a grain of salt? That's because no matter how much we try, none of us will ever run like Kipchoge. Not even the best of the best professional runners, even the ones that helped pace him to his incredible record, run like him. Some elites heel strike, some of them overstride, some of them cock their heads to the side, some of them over rotate at the torso so much that they look like a pepper grinder. You probably do some of these things too, and many others. And guess what? you might not want to fix them. Okay, what? Did I just do this whole episode and it's a bait and switch? I tell you all these tips about form and then say, just kidding, forget about all this and just go run. <laughs> well, no, I mean, not really. <laughs> you see, the thing is that actively changing your running form isn't always the best thing. If you're already doing everything else you can, like strength, mobility, drills, and running enough over time, your body is going to find the right style of running that's right for you, and it's going to be very difficult and perhaps not even the best idea to intentionally go against that. So don't go against your body. Work with it to make it stronger, more powerful, and more mobile where you need it to be. Work on your mind to practice being relaxed when running hard. Practice the drills that align with better running form when you are not running. Then go run and let your body work with you to find the most efficient running form for you. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. 
Today's topic is distance self-talk. Have you ever heard famous athletes talk about themselves in third person? Like LeBron James saying, LeBron James has got to do what's right for LeBron James. As silly as it sounds, it's actually a highly effective technique that you can use when running gets hard. When you use your own name, your brain acts like someone else is speaking and you're more likely to trust and believe what you say to yourself. So when running up a tough hill, I'll say to myself, Claire, you can do it. Claire, you can get up this hill. It's like I'm my own coach in my head, my own cheerleader. Try this on your next run when things get hard. Use your name and say something positive. Thank you so much for listening to the Planted Runner podcast. I plan to keep these episodes ad-free as long as I can, and I need your help getting the word out. Please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and let the world know what you think. It makes a massive difference, especially now as the show is starting and gaining traction. If you get value from my work and want to keep this show listener supported, I have a donation option on theplantedrunner.com slash podcast. Any amount you can offer helps keep this show running. Unintended. Have a great run today. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures.